All right, two philosophers, Viktor Frankl and Sigmund Freud. Sigmund Freud said, the purpose of man, man's chief motivation is pleasure. I wanna be happy, I wanna enjoy my life. We all want pleasure. We're seeking, we're seeing pleasure, we're looking for pleasure, we're fighting for pleasure. Whatever it takes, we want pleasure. The chief end, the chief goal of man is pleasure. Enjoy my life, be happy. Watch stuff that makes me feel good or go places that makes me feel great. Pleasure, we're after pleasure. Viktor Frankl came out and he said, I disagree. He said, I disagree completely. He said, I don't think it's pleasure at all. It's purpose. He submitted, when you do not walk in your purpose, watch this, you'll medicate yourself with pleasure. So you have the car you want. (laughs) See, someone's got a better one. You have the house that you dreamed of, but now it's not quite big enough. You've earned the money you always wanted, but now the money's not enough. There's nothing wrong with a nice car, nice house and having money. It's just not purpose. It's just not purpose and it will never satisfy. It will never satisfy. It will never satisfy. You can get everything you want in life and it will never satisfy. And most of us never break through or many, many of us, many of you have, but many never break through into the pursuit of more. Pursuit of something else I haven't got and thinking it's going to satisfy, but it's not. Because it's not about, it's not about pleasure. It's not about having, it's about purpose. It's about purpose. So we can spend our whole lives chasing pleasure, chasing success, chasing status. But what we're actually doing is chasing pleasure to medicate ourselves because we haven't found purpose that satisfies us. And Paul warns in 2 Timothy that we end up lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. When you get up in the morning tomorrow, what are you thinking? I love God. I'm pursuing God or I want this and I want that. Pursuing this and pursuing that. I've heard the number one question that people are asking today is, what is my purpose? And if you don't find your purpose, you have to medicate yourself with pleasure. Here's the trap. Most of that pleasure is not wrong. It's not sinful stuff. It's, you know, it's just making you feel good. So you go places, do things, watch stuff, and whatever it might be, just make sure. It's nothing wrong with that stuff. But if you haven't have purpose, the more pleasure you need to medicate yourself to keep your head above water. On that introduction, grab a seat. So when you find our purpose, our lives become fulfilling. So here's the million dollar question. Where and how do you find your purpose? Where and how do you find your purpose? I think I have the answer. In fact, I, I think I know I have the answer. 
In fact, I do have the answer. Who would like the answer, by the way? Okay. <laughs> Here's the answer. All right. So when you truly discover, truly discover, and walk in God's calling and plan for your life, that's, and walk in it, that's when you find purpose. When you truly, truly find why God put you on planet Earth, why you have breath today. When you discover that, that's when you start to find your purpose. And purpose will satisfy. Now here's the thing that's going to shock you. A huge amount of our purpose is found where we spend most of our time. Where's that? It's at work. It's at work. 40 to 50 hours a week or 60 hours a week. That's <clears throat> where we work. Or maybe as your role as a, in life as a mum or if you're retired, maybe you find where you're meant to be serving God or doing something. It's all there. So we find our purpose in work primarily. And also what you do in the church is also a part of it. And um, here's the challenge. I've been thinking about this. I don't know how many people have really found their fulfillment and purpose and satisfaction and work. And um, you think about this. How many know God loves you? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So surely God doesn't want you to have to go to work every day for the rest of your life and be reasonably miserable at the same time not enjoying what you do that much and thinking, man, I can't wait till it's Friday. I can't wait till the next holiday. Surely that cannot be God's will. Anyone with me on this? Yeah. He doesn't want us miserable most of our lives, does he? And yet if we don't find purpose in our role, in our job, in our work, we are going to be miserable a good percentage of our lives. So the aim of this message <laughs> is I want to get every one of us to the place where you say, I love my job. Amen. Tell the person next to you in faith, I love my job. That's pretty quiet. Come and try again, folks. <laughs> Maybe you need to say, I want to love my job. <laughs> I love my job. I want to love my job. <laughs> so you, God doesn't want to condemn you to being miserable most of your life. You know, if you're always waiting for the weekend, you've missed something. If you're always thinking of your next holiday, you've missed something. Because you, you've not found your purpose. It's not satisfying. It's not fulfilling. You know, I don't think of the, the end of the week. I don't think of the next holiday. It's because I've found my purpose. And I live for my purpose. And I enjoy my purpose. It makes me fulfilled. And hopefully I don't have to medicate myself too much with pleasure. See, many people see their job as secular. And it's about making money in order that you can buy your food, you can live and maybe give something to sacred work like the church. That's not what the Bible teaches. See, the workplace is not about making money just. It's not about promotion so much. It's not about success. It's about fulfilling God's purpose for your life. It's fulfilling the call of God on your life. And so when you walk, go to work tomorrow, I want you to think, I'm going to my destiny. 
I'm going to my high calling and God in Christ Jesus. I'm going to what I was born for, why God birthed me, why God gave me breath. I'm going to fulfill the call of God upon my life, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Thank you for that underwhelming response. (laughs) So you're there to be salt and light. So this is where you find purpose. You also can find it in church as well, obviously. So they did a study, and you've heard me about this before, of 40 of the highest profile people in the Bible. 40, okay? And there were Abraham, Moses, Noah, David, Joseph, a whole lot of them. Do you know what they found? Three out of four, 75% never had what we call a religious job. 75% of them were never pastors, church workers, or church leaders, or missionaries. They, were, they remained in what we call the workplace, for the rest of their lives and what we call secular jobs. But in those jobs, they found purpose, fulfillment, satisfaction, and destiny. I'm shaking the tree, I know. Some of you are thinking, oh, I don't know about this. Keep listening, keep listening. Otherwise, you're gonna be condemned to being miserable the rest of your life waiting for your next holiday. (laughs) You know, this is my testimony, by the way. Yeah. In my job, my work, I find I've found my purpose. It's fulfilling, it's satisfying, but most of you think, yeah, that's because you're a pastor. Well, that's not right. Abraham wasn't a pastor, Joseph wasn't, David, Daniel wasn't, none of them were. They were in that secular world, and they also found fulfillment and satisfaction in their lives. And that's, so it's my testimony. The revelation we need is your job is spiritual ministry. Yeah. It's a divine calling. So tell the person next to you, your, your job is a divine calling. Woohoo! Woohoo! Wow. Your job is a divine calling. <clears throat> now I appreciate that what I'm talking about today is a quantum shift in thinking. And some of you are going to be listening to me and thinking, ah, not sure. In fact, nah, disagree. <laughs> That's all right. We just move it along and hopefully by the end of tonight, because we're gonna pick up on this tonight, uh, do something, in fact tonight I've got some uh, testimonies from some people who actually in the workplace have found fulfillment and have found their purpose and they'll be, it'll be inspiring. You wanna come and hear from them. They're not church workers, they're people out there in the marketplace who are fulfilling exactly what I'm talking about. So some of you probably need to hear from them because you might hear it from me, but if you hear it from someone who's actually out there, uh, it'll be quite different. So I've said before, but I wanna remind you again, that vocation, we all have a vocation or a job, right? Vocation comes from a Latin word for voice. It's voice. So your vocation is a, it's a voice I hear calling me. It's a voice I hear calling me to my divine purpose in life and my destiny. It's not, it's, it's a voice of God calling you to your vocation. It's not about what job do I want? That's, that's the wrong question. It's what job does God want you to have? What has he called you to do? And so often people go out you know, pursuing a job because it's got status or it's got money or it's got the right kind of work hours, it's got flexibility. No, 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 wrong, 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 wrong. Because you end up in the wrong job and none of that will fulfill you because all of that stuff is actually medicating yourself with pleasure. You know, by having it easy, having it cool, having it, you know, the lifestyle you can live. But no, 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 you ought to put all that aside and say, no, God, what are you calling me to do? You see, I would probably never have chosen what I'm doing if I had my own choice. 
But I found out what God called me to do, and it took a lot of sacrifice in the early days, but I found my purpose is fulfilling and satisfying. So don't go for a job that just pays well. Tell the person next to you, it's not about the money. <laughs> Got you on that one, eh? <laughs> it's not about the money. In, in fact, the Bible says, be content with your wages. Hello? Everyone said amen? amen. Be content with your wages. It's Bible. <laughs> Do you know why? Doesn't matter how much you get, it'll never be enough. <laughs> I'm being a bit tough on you this morning, aren't I? Never mind, you need it. Jeremiah 1 verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, this is you. I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. This is Jeremiah. And I ordained you a prophet to the nations. So just as Jeremiah was called to be a prophet from the womb, God's called you to be, you fill in the gap. An IT worker, a courier, a teacher, a laborer, you know, a lawyer, whatever it is, an accountant, you know, from the womb. You got that? It's the Bible. This is Bible. Does everyone know I'm preaching from the Bible? We try and do that here. This is Bible. So as Jeremiah was called, Jeremiah's no more, no more special than you. So if he was called from the womb, so were you. In fact, God knew you before the foundation of the world. Hello? You're in his mind before the foundation of the world. He's got your life mapped out. You just gotta let him guide your life into it. That's why you gotta be a person of total surrender. So if you don't have total surrender, you'll never discover God's purpose for your life. Because Romans 12, 1, present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, that you might know the perfect, the good and perfect will of God. So it takes a total surrender of your life to discover God's plan and purpose for your life. Then you're fulfilled, then you're satisfied. You don't have to medicate yourself with pleasure. So it all comes back to surrender. So that's why I've been spent my life, many years on on the altar, surrender, saying, God, anywhere, anytime, any place. When you can do that, you will find your purpose. When you find your purpose, you're gonna be satisfied. When you're satisfied, you won't have to medicate yourself with pleasure. Is anyone with me today? Someone give a God a praise. Come on, give him a shout. Give him a shout. Come on. This is truth, friends. The truth will set you free. You don't wanna be miserable the rest of your life. So discover God's plan. Surrender your life. Find your purpose and be fulfilled and satisfied. So if we reject the voice of vocation, we'll never live the life God intended. So the word disappointment, you know, some of you are disappointed, eh? The word disappointment means apart from your appointment. Ooh. If you're disappointed, you're apart from your appointment. You've never found God's appointment, God's role, God's purpose, God's job, God's vocation for your life. So you live out a life disappointed. Just lock that word surrender in your back of your mind because that's the key to everything I'm saying. Total surrender of your life to Jesus. So if he tells you to quit your job, not he's going to do that, and go to something that's half the pay, you take it because it's God. That's surrender. That's surrender. I don't think you're going to have to do that, by the way, but I'm just trying to make a point that understanding what surrender really is. I had to surrender income to do early years what I did. I had to have that surrender. It wasn't about the money, it was about purpose. (laughs) But then you don't have to medicate yourself 
with pleasure, which can be real good things, as I said before. <coughs> this is a radical uh, paradigm shift. Surveys tell us, and it's true for Christians as well, from what I understand, seven out of 10 are dissatisfied with their jobs and dread going to work. Poof, seven out of 10 dissatisfied with their jobs and dread going to work because I've never understood biblical principles around work and the jobs God has for us. I remember talking to a man a while ago and he was really struggling with his work until he realized it was his calling from God and it changed everything. Changed everything. Once he realized this is what God was asking him to do. And it's not man You know, Luke 19, 13 to 17 is really interesting. It says this. I haven't got it in your, I thought of this later on, so it's probably not in your notes anywhere on the screen. Yeah, he called 10 servants and delivered them 10 miners or 10 pounds, all right? And he said to them, do business till I come. First came master, your miner has earned 10 miners. He said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. Watch this. Because you've been faithful in very little, have authority over 10 cities. Think about that parable. So the nobleman, he gives his servants money, in this case, to do business. Obviously, in the marketplace. And then because when he returns, he grants them authority over cities based on how well they did in their marketplace ministry. So how you, well you do in your job determines your eternal rewards. There's spiritual rewards for doing your job well, for doing whatever God's called you to do, doing it really well. And if you're faithful in it, it's a, eternal rewards come from it. And that's marketplace. That's marketplace, folks. That's whatever job God has called you to do. <clears throat> Genesis 39, 2-5, the Lord was with Joseph, marketplace minister, and he was a successful man. He was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And we see that God anointed Joseph in the workplace to make him very, very successful. You know, we talk about the call of God all wrong. <laughs> People think, talk to me, say, oh man, you've got a significant call of God upon your life. And hey, Friends, we're all called of God. Everyone's called of God. It's just different roles. Okay, it's different giftings, it's different roles. Everyone is called to full-time ministry. There's no mistake, because that's what we are. 2 Timothy 1 verse 9, uh, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Next time you're traveling and you have to fill in that form about your vocation, I want you to put minister of the gospel. You don't get it, do you? You don't get it. <laughs> you will get it, because that's actually what you are. You're a minister of the gospel. We're all full-time ministers of the gospel. Anyway, let me ask you a question. Where's all the lost people? They're not in here, folks. They're where you work. They're where you work. I reckon you need more anointing out there in the workplace than here in the church, because that's where the lost people are. That's where the stakes are so much higher. So, you know, you know maybe this will help you. Your work helps God's creation or world function. Everything you do, and whatever you're doing, in some way, you're helping God's world function and you're serving people, all right? 
So let me try and explain that. So if you're a builder, you're building houses for people to live in. Who reckons that's important? Yeah. So for your garbage collector, you keep the streets clean. You're serving people. Who reckons that's a good job? You can be serving God in that job. You know, if you're a teacher, you educate children or people so that they can be what God has called them to be. You connect what you do with serving people and serving God's will. If you're a lawyer, you help people. If you're an electrician, you sort out people's houses and you know power that's not working. Whatever, if you're a courier, you deliver things to people who need them. Whatever it is, you are serving people and you're making God's world work. You're making it function in a fantastic way. So whatever you do, you know that's why we've got to value all work from the CEOs to, I don't, like, I don't like picking on garbage collectors, but I think we all understand what that means. So from that place there, from the highest to the lowest, in, in our eyes, it's all important to God. In fact, with God, there's no menial work, friends. In fact, I reckon menial work is probably more important than some of the other work that we do because fewer people are willing to do it. So all work has dignity. All work has value. Whatever you do is important to God's kingdom. It's, it's of value to the work of God. So do not minimise what you do. Do not think I'm only this or I'm only that. Oh, wow, I'm this and I'm that. No, no. Friends, we're all full-time ministers of the gospel wherever God has called us. And friend, it's not a matter of how successful you are. It's a matter of whether you do discover God's call on your life and give it everything you've got. When you do that, you find purpose and you don't have to medicate yourself with pleasure. Genesis 2.15. The Lord took man... Here we go. And put him in the Garden of Eden to tend it and keep it. In other words, to work. So in the original paradise in Eden, no sin, all right, God puts man to work. When paradise is restored, when you get to heaven, guess what? (laughs) You're going to have to work. There's work in heaven. People who've seen heaven say, you know, there's jobs. There's things that we have to do. So there's, in the original paradise, there was work. God put man to work. And in the coming paradise, there'll still be work as well. So we have to understand that work is God's plan, God's will, and God's way. See, in Genesis, we see God working with his hands. He created man out of the dust of the earth. So when he creates a perfect world without sin, he also creates work because God's creation, in God's creation, work is what gives you purpose and a fulfilling and enjoyable life. In God's creation, it's work that gives you purpose and fulfillment and satisfaction. It comes from your work. Not, as I said, this is a paradigm shift for a lot of people. It's, 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 a, it's, it's doing mental gymnastics to understand this because many people have never ever thought this way, that, that work is actually the key to purpose and fulfillment and satisfaction so you don't have to medicate continually with all kinds of pleasures that come. And so understanding work from a biblical perspective is a, is a key to a happy life. You know, when God comes into the world, think about this. He doesn't come as a Greek god would come as some you know, almighty person. He doesn't come as a great leader would come. <laughs> Probably wouldn't even come as you and I might come. How does he come? When God comes to earth, he comes as a carpenter. 
Wow. Isn't that incredible? He comes as a worker out in the workplace, probably for at least 20 years, probably ran the business. His ministry, the other side of it, was probably just three years. Most of his time, he was a worker in the marketplace. Talk about validating work. Validating work. A carpenter. Wow. Just like, didn't it blow your mind? Of all the things he could have been, he comes as a worker. And not just a worker, but a manual laborer. You know, do not despise if you're a manual laborer. Hey, you're closer to Jesus than some of the CEOs. If you can grasp this message and live it out, it will radically change your life. Because where you spend most of your time, most of the days. Some people are slave to the workplace. That's why people say, thank God it's Friday. <laughs> if that's you, you haven't quite found your purpose. Or why the hours after work, day ends, they call them the happy hour. <laughs> happy hour. <coughs> I had this story. I think it's not only about finding your divine place at work and your divine calling at work, but if you want it to satisfy you and fulfill you, you've got to give it everything you've got. You, you need to be the best employee in your workplace. Ask the person next to you, are you the best employee in your workplace? Just ask them. Are you the one that the, the bosses rave about? Oh, here's Johnny, man, he is so awesome. Is he the one, are you, are you the one that gets the, uh, the worker of the week award most weeks or most months? You know, are you the champion worker in your place? Are you the one that arrives a bit early and leaves a bit late? Are you the one who goes the extra mile in the workplace? Are you the one who never bags your boss and never talks negatively about, about that person, that, the one that you're working for you? Are, are you the one that does your job to the highest possible standard? Because friends, you can find your diverse, di divine destiny and calling, but if you don't do your work well, you arrive late, leave early, take long breaks, all the rest of it, you will not find fulfillment and enjoyment and this message will not work. Is there a praise in the house? It probably isn't, but I think I'm right. You cannot be a slack worker cutting corners and expect to be fulfilled and satisfied in your job. It will not work because you're working for God and you need to please Him. But anyway, let me tell you this story of an owner, owner of a small drugstore and he hated his job. And so he decided one day to have some fun by speeding up delivery times. So when a customer rang him up, putting an order for drugs, he would repeat the order so his assistant would be packing the order as he spoke it out. And so after he'd finished packing, uh, uh, repeating the order, he'd keep the owner on the line, especially if the person who's ordering wasn't that far away. He'd keep the, uh, the person making the order on the line and the person packing it would race quickly to that person's house, knock on the door, ring the bell while the guy was still on the phone making the order. And it soon, got, so it soon got around that this drugstore was making deliveries faster than anyone else going. And uh, the word soon got around, and soon Charles R. Walgreen, the founder of the Walgreen drugstore empire, had more business than he could, find, that he could handle. And he found purpose and joined his work 
because he strove to be the best at what he did. He gave it everything. It's amazing how God steps in. When you strive to be the best employee in your workplace. And if you don't see your work as ministry, you'll feel very comfortable to do a slack job. <clears throat> Matthew 5 verse 16 says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Our best witness for Jesus is how we work. So Jesus let your light shine, not so you get a promotion and a salary increase. No, no, so people see your good works and they glorify God in heaven. Colossians 3, 23 to 24, whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord, not to men, knowing that from the Lord you'll receive the reward of the inheritance for you to serve the Lord Christ. When you go to work tomorrow or whenever you go, I want you to, as you go, I want you to tell yourself, I'm going, I work for Jesus. God is my boss. It's not that guy you think's the devil in disguise. No, he's not your boss. <laughs> God is your boss. You're working for God. Who reckons that should make a difference? You are working for God. You are working for God. So, you know, your boss might be away and you might play up, but when you're working for God, he's never away. He is watching all the time. You know, the, <laughs> what is it, cats away, the mice will play or whatever it is. But uh, no, 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 when you're working for God, no, no, you, you don't miss because he's your boss. He's watching and he sees everything that you are doing in your workplace. They say that, you know, it says 1 Thessalonians, Thessalonians 4, 11 and 12, so that your daily life may win the respect of the outsiders. Do you know employee, employee theft is one of the greatest threats to business, reaching 50 billion a year in the US. So there's time theft when people arrive late and leave early. That's time theft. It's not right, it's not good. They say only one in four workers say they give their best efforts. This is by research. Only one in four actually give their best efforts. No wonder they're all miserable. Most, most admit spending 20% of their time goofing off. <laughs> wow, interesting, eh? Just goofing off. And what else do they say here? Almost half admit calling in sick when they're not. Tell the person next to you, never call in sick when you're not. I reckon some people who call in sick are actually tired, just tired of work. So they call in sick. You know, the saddest thing about all this, friends, is they say that Christians are no better. The Protestant work ethic has gone. Women will be a, a light shining. Make it your goal to be the best employee. The best employee in your workplace. The one who always goes the extra mile. You don't do the minimum, you do the extra. That's the Bible. You go the extra mile. If the boss asks you to do that, do that and do a bit more. Come on, church. Come on. Come on. Let's be salt. Let's be light. Let's be a model. Let's be an example. Let's set another standard. Let's not fall down to the level of the world that is out there trying to get away with everything they can. Now let's push it in the other direction and let people say, man, he is a Christian. Look at how he works. Uh, you know, he's a Christian. He's the first to arrive. He's the last to live. Whatever it might look like, I don't know, in your situation. But friends, it's time for the church to change the narrative. 
We're not to be meant to, meant to be like the world. We're meant to be different from the world. We're meant to set a new standard, a new, a new model, a new way of working that shocks the world and even shocks our bosses. And as I said, you can derail finding your purpose and not enjoying your job if you don't give your best, if you have negative attitudes. You know, if you're negative, you complain, <laughs> don't get on with other workers. You, 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 know, you can find your dream job, but then you derail it. But as Christians, we're not going to do that, are we? We're never going to be negative, are we? Never complain about co-workers? It's gone pretty quiet in this place. Are you guys all right with me here? You know how some people medicate themselves? They're on their phones. Mm. On their phones. That's how they medicate. Just, it, just, you know, it just gives you a bit of a buzz. You're not happy with what's going on, so you just get out your little phone and start looking at stuff. You know? It's, it's a way to medicate. There's so many traps in this game, folks. Uh, God wants us to find fulfillment and satisfaction. My time is just about done. Oh, let me just talk about the shakers. <laughs> they were amazing. They built some of the world's best furniture. And they got known for it. So they taught their craftsmen make every product better than it's ever been done before. It make parts you can't see as well as the parts you can. In other words, do the work that no one's gonna see as well as anything else that you do. Use only the best materials. Give the same attention to the smallest detail as the largest. For they were known for the way they loved their work and they loved it because they did it with the right attitude and they gave it their best. They gave it 100%. So, pleasure or purpose? Have the musicians sing us, please. Come on, stand with me. Just about done. Pleasure or purpose? The way God designed us is about finding purpose and we find that mostly in our jobs and in our work, wherever God has placed us. And a biblical understanding of work is all about is the key to finding your purpose. And then you don't have to medicate yourself. <laughs> Thank God it's Friday. <laughs> Thank God my holiday's only a week away. No, no, you won't need to do that anymore because you've found your purpose. You're fulfilling your destiny. You're loving your job. So may God help you find your purpose. Find your divine calling in the workplace so you can honestly say before God, I love my job. I love serving in the church as well. I've found God's plan for my life. It's my prayer is that you will find that and step into a enjoyment, fulfillment and satisfaction in life that you never dreamed was possible. May God richly bless you.